we're just, we're just doing it. We're just doing it. We're just yeah. ex- we're upgrading. Yeah, we're just upgrading. That's all. Upgrading. Elevating. Elevating. Always elevating. <laughs> You are listening to The Jack Shit Show with Kelsey Henderson. What is up? Hello. How the hell are you? Oh my God, the sun is shining. There's not a cloud in the sky. I have drank 14 cups of coffee. I got everything off my to-do list though. For the most part, I got like two more things to do. This being one of them, obviously. I missed last week, so you know I couldn't miss another one. Guys, how the fuck's your Mercury retrograde? Mine is bananas. Actual bananas. Couldn't make things up if I tried. Everything's broken down. Nothing's working properly. <laughs> ah, the joys. Um, this week you get to hang out with my best friend, Panya. I, uh, mentioned Panya in the episode with Mike, my ex, and she was the reason that I didn't try and push some personal boundaries of my own was because she was like, don't, don't you be doing that. Um, but <laughs> While she was doling out advice, much like we all do, she had no idea what was going on in her own life, really. And we're going to hear all about it in this episode. I'm putting trigger warnings in it. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of traumas, a lot of toxic relationships, uh, some childhood trauma stuff, uh, abortion, you know, just like typical, a typical week with me. Uh, not like personally, but a typical weekend talking about things. Oh, I may need to redo this, but I'm probably not going to. I think you guys are just going to get a brain dump intro this week. Um, but I also really encourage you to listen to it. If you are feeling like you are not where you're supposed to be in your life. One of the things that I love Ponya the most for in this whole entire world is that she has always proven again and again her grit and determination in getting herself back onto a path where she's happy and that like your life is not over by a certain time frame that we all just kind of made up. So oh my god and hidden in here are two of the most wild stories I have that I'm just gonna really casually grace over. So enjoy this episode. You're welcome. Can you introduce yourself for people um, who don't know you? Yes, I'm Ponya. <laughs> That's not how you say I am Ponya. <laughs> Hello, this is Ponya. <laughs> I'm Ponya Bree Sebelius. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bree spelled like the cheese. <laughs> so Ponya and I know each other from our good old days working up in the dirty Mac. <laughs> how long were you up there for? Two years. It oh, was yeah. supposed to be I thought six you were months. longer. Okay. Well, it was meant to be six months and it turned into two years. Did you go up with your boyfriend at the time or did you no. go up by yourself? No, I went up actually with uh, Gita. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I decided to go up because I was broke. And that's we love money. Something we're going to get into because I was living in a deep, dark hole before, <laughs> when I moved to Vancouver for about a year. And I was like, I need some money. And I, we knew people in Fort McMurray that I actually used to work with in Victoria at Cactus. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're opening a new place. Come on up. Uh, So I mentioned that I was going to go up and Gita, who I'd made friends with, we were working together. um, She was like, maybe I'll come. (laughs) 
I was like, okay. I feel like that's how everyone ends up in Fort Mac because I literally did the same thing. I, I ended up going to Fort Mac because my ex recently ex-boyfriend cheated. Well, technically he didn't cheat on me because we were broken up, but (laughs) was with my best friend. She was cheating on her husband with him. And I was like, get me out of here yeah. immediately. And yeah. I was also broke. And I was like, I'm going to go make money then. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah. I, I made the decision to go to Fort McMurray before I found out that our dress code was short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually seriously considered pulling out once I learned that. Cause I was like, that's not, I don't wear, I don't wear I shorts. feel like the shorts thing now bothers, like would bother me now because I don't, yeah. But back then I was like 24 and I was like, yeah, fucking I'll wear short shorts. Sure. Mm. But the alarming thing is how used, how quickly you get used to wearing the short shorts. (laughs) So fast. Like I was like, oh my God, I can't. And then like two weeks in, I'm like (laughs) shopping for the shorter shorts that I like the shorter shorts I can find. And like, is my ass in different colors? Yeah. Just like slathering on my fake tanner. Did you having a problem with the short shorts have anything to do with your eating disorder? Yes. Oh my God. Big time. Yeah. That goes back to like, oh, I would just avoid wearing shorts at all costs. Yeah. Like through my whole life, I feel like, like the, the, the shorts thing I can remember, like I have a thing about it on a post on my Instagram, just kind of talking about the first time. I consciously was aware of like my body and not liking it. And it's Mm. me as like a child, probably Mm. like, like small in elementary school, looking down at my legs in my shorts and like thinking my knees were fat. And that's like the earliest memory. And like for reference, Panya's one of the smallest human beings. (laughs) I know. Like how dysmorphia is real. Yeah. Big real. Like, cause how tall are you? Five, two and three quarters. <laughs> Got to get that three quarters in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not a big person. She's teeny tiny. We yeah. Call her Ponya pocket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, body. That's a big body dysmorphia. I can see how the shorts, like, I mean, I even have it now. I talk about it sometimes on here, like how I even like over the last years, I just hate shorts. Like I think I have the biggest thighs on the planet <laughs> and I know that that's not true and not yeah, accurate. It's just- and I've had to like really force myself this year to be like, I'm 31 years old. I'm going to fucking wear shorts, dude. It's yeah, hot. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you put them on, you know, that's something that comes later or with work or I don't know, for people like me or for people who have had serious body issues. Like mm-hmm. today wasn't my first shorts day. I had my first shorts day a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. But it was my thanks. <laughs> but I, today was my first shorts day with new shorts. Mm. And it was pretty uncomfortable when I first put them on. But then I got out there and I was just so hot and sweaty and she it didn't matter. Out. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also, when I went to Fort Mac, I was kind of like in a little bit of recovery. Like I'd gone into a little bit of a a program type thing in Fort Mac no in Vancouver it wasn't a program Mm. it was like I did one-on-one work with this woman who did like really intense how to describe it like a lot of like meditation like almost like hypnotherapy stuff okay it was like three days I think is this Vancouver before is this Vancouver before (laughs) Fort Mac okay okay yeah because you're there now and I just want to make sure yes 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 so the before yeah so like we're talking 2000 and 12 
I think. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'd gained quite a bit of weight because I was eating normally. I was mm. trying really hard and I was doing pretty well. So my, I, I was like self-conscious of my body in that time too. Mm-hmm. So the thought of wearing shorts was like extra hard. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Do you and feel then, like the, was that the, I have two questions. First yeah. of all, did you feel like that worked? <laughs> like the hypnotherapy lady? Um, it did. Yeah. At first it did. Like I felt really committed and mm. I felt like empowered and I felt like I could do it. Like I, so my biggest problem was, was like binging and purging. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I learned, I relearned how to eat and it was good. And I was like, it was really hard, but I was pretty committed and then it just didn't last. Yeah. You know? And I lied about it lasting. I think I like tried to, I convinced everyone that it was still good and was still going on, but it like, wasn't. I think we knew there was a little bit of that well, going the, on. No, but this is before, like, I even oh, went, yeah. before I even knew you. And then, oh my God, Fort McMurray was a disaster. Of course, everyone knew I was like, the yeah, I was like, like everyone's like, was like, no secret. No, I was yeah. always like, she's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> going to be fine. Yeah. Where'd she go? No, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that was and then my disaster. second question is, is that the first time that you like were seeking treatment for it? No, I had in Victoria as well. I first started, uh, I worked in an office, um, and I'd gone to, I don't even remember how this started. Like, I think my mom found out or something and we decided that I needed to do something. There's, there's actually needing to sort of clinic in Victoria. Mm. So I started to like leave. I, I think I told the people that I worked for, we were all pretty close and I started to go once a week mm. to these like groups. Mm. And then what actually, oh, I started to see a private counselor there and then I started going to groups and they actually told me that like, they couldn't keep me on anymore because I wasn't improving. Like I, I wasn't, they thought I actually needed to, they thought I needed to probably go to like an, like a, a place, like a facility. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know. Yeah. That's the best way to handle it. We can't fix you. So you got to go. <laughs> I know that's kind of what it felt like. And I was like, okay, well, so do I go like to Vancouver? Like there was clinics yeah. here, like. So I kind of just gave up and then I did a few like workshops. Like there's like some weekend workshops I went to, which were good. And these are all tools. Like I still learn stuff doing these things that I'm sure helped me now. But at the time I wasn't able to like take myself out. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And what's, um, what's your relationship with food now? It's still kind of hard. Like I, it's good. Mm-hmm. like I know how to nourish myself and and you know I definitely like overeat sometimes and I feel like it's like fairly normal but I still have mind issues totally Do you know what I mean like I still of have course. struggles in my head I still have to like talk through some things work through some things I find myself like still feeling guilty for things I find myself still feeling like um like I'm going to need to make up for something at certain times. And that just like comes and goes and honestly depends on like what, what else is happening in my life. That's the thing, like eating disorders are a way to have control. So when mm-hmm. things are out of control, that's, that's how you control it. And mm-hmm. I still have slip ups and I still, you know, things still happen. Yeah. But, um, I've definitely come a long, long way. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think a big part of that is that your life is a lot less chaotic mm-hmm. now. 
That's, yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think that definitely helps. Yes. Do you want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Your, sure. Your chaotic timeline. Oh uh, yeah. Oh my God. I wrote, I like started to write it down and all it was, was <laughs> names of boyfriends with arrows going from one <laughs> to the next. And then like <laughs> all the issues that came with them. It's just like, it's not even anything. I was like, why did I even write this? Like this doesn't even, it's not even an outline for anything. Um, oh my god it is though it's a it kind of yeah of like your life it started to take like I had a few boyfriends when I was younger and in Victoria who were the best and I have nothing bad to say about them yeah and we love those them, ones yeah both of them I'm actually still really good friends with one of them is like my best friend mm-hmm. um and and then we met do we say names on here? <laughs> if you want, say, like, you, I mean, it's you throwing a person <laughs> under the bus, not me. And if you don't want it, you can, I can bleep it. Manually say bleep. Um, <laughs> I would die. Yeah, well, you the manually reason- <laughs> bleep one. Um, yeah. So I met somebody in Fort McMurray who we all know, mm-hmm. and he Ooh, it started off, it was crazy because it started off, we fairly like it was a tumultuous at first like mm-hmm. there was a little bit of like love triangle stuff going on and it was weird and then we decided to actually date and it was so good at first like we were so in love it was disgusting it mm-hmm. was like it was like I honestly don't know if I've ever felt like that like I did and yeah, super passionate like I don't think you were there yet. We're- I wasn't. No, I w- no. when I got up there, you guys were already dating and had been for quite a while. Yeah. Or not quite so, a while, I guess, but a while. I don't even know how long we did it, but like a month. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> we were in love with each other. It, it was, was a, a mile. A real whirlwind. <laughs> um, it was like a year and I want to say a half or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like a little over a year. Um, Sounds right. Yeah, it was crazy. We were disgusting. Like. Oh, we were so in love. It was so crazy. And then, and then I honestly don't really, like, I think I'm going to have the same thing to say about another boyfriend. Like a lot of it, I think I've blocked out like my 100% my mind and body is like still protecting me from things. So, yes. so memories and certain like timelines and things happening are, are fuzzy. Yes. But basically like we, I think I knew from the beginning that he had a, a drug problem or I, I figured it out like pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do drugs and he would try to hide it from me and yeah, God bless. Um, he like, we, everyone knew too. And I don't remember, like, I just, I think I remember like a few instances of him not showing up or like, not just like kind of just ghosting me, like, Mm -hmm. like just failing to come to something that was important. And then like being missing so I was like oh my god where is he like and I'm worried and I'm obviously freaking out because I'm not used to this I don't know that like this is what addicts do (laughs) 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 so I would like I think I remember like getting to his house like breaking in somehow maybe or something and he was like so fucked up and I was so mad and he just like wasn't responding to my anger yeah and I think that was like the first time where I was like wow this is fucked and then I remember taking out my aggression like by like being with other people and like getting drunk and you know and 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 like pulling other people into my misery I feel like maybe yeah and that just like 
it just escalated and we moved in together and it got to a point where he was like not coming home, staying out partying. He would come home and maybe like be so messed up. He'd think that people would were like outside of our house and coming in or like serious paranoia. He completely stopped having sex with me um, because he knew about my eating disorder. I told him about like my history and then it, yeah. then it got bad when we were together. It got really bad. Like I lost a ton of weight in Fort McMurray. I was mm-hmm. like, I see photos of myself. I was actually, I'd weigh myself multiple times a day. And if I got above like 94 pounds, I was like horrified, which crazy. Like, I'm a, I think I'm like 115 now. I don't really weigh yeah. myself, but I'm Good. pretty sure I'm like that around there. Yeah. So, um, so just a, just a smidgen underweight. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, just a little bit. so, oh yeah. So he told me once that maybe if I put on a few pounds, he would fuck me not to mince words. So not to mince words. Mm-hmm. Those were exact. Those ones burned yeah, in. Those ones many, things, ones. many things have blacked yeah, out. So, that some things are gone. That to my brain. There. Yeah. That one's there. So yeah, he was a piece of work. I love <clears throat> Yeah. So, and there's like a lot more that goes along with that relationship, but it was very bad and he damaged, he was very, he was never like physically abusive, but for sure. Very much emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And eventually we broke up. We lived in like a couple places together. Everyone saw the like dumpster fire that was our relationship would try to get me out of like, you know, try to talk some sense into me, but I just Mm -hmm. wasn't having it. Um, while they were trying to talk sense into me like about my health as well probably but like would really yeah. pussyfoot around it like no one was I don't think blatantly coming out and well I think that's me, a hard yeah which, because is, think- which is nobody's fault like I if they had I would oh, have I know. shut down and not and not been truthful so yeah and maybe yeah. we can come back to that because I wonder if there's like a way to approach like if I were to approach you as a friend like is there a, mm. a helpful way to like yeah, I don't Come know to some, one of your friends and try and help them who has an eating disorder because it is a really touchy subject, right? Like, you know, I like for me and you, like I knew you had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. We have never spoken about it. Mm-hmm. I don't of, think till right now. Happens, yeah, yeah, and and it's not it's it's not because uh, like I never wanted to or I didn't want to help you out of that or whatever it was, but it was always just like, that's really touchy. And I don't want to a set you off or B yeah. like, what if you don't have an eating disorder and we're all just <laughs> speculating. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. on, you're getting real small. Like, are you yeah. good? Like what's going yeah. on? You know, like, cause it was all like, I, I, I mean, especially like people, I think who it's one thing to be bulimic and another thing to be anorexic and I think like the the bulimic thing like people are really good at I mean obviously good at hiding both but like you were always really like cat like sneaky about it obviously like so it was thing yeah yeah. So it's not like we were like, Oh, Bonnie's going to throw up. Like yeah. somebody should go check on her. You know, like it was just like, Oh, I just got to go to the bathroom and you're quick about it. And you come back, yeah. like, you know, so is there a way that like, I could have approached you about that? I honestly don't know because I feel like when I was approached by people who were close to me, like in the very beginning, I reacted with anger I th- yeah. because I think because the way I was approached. So I guess maybe I can answer this question is, from like a it was very personal or it was done in a way where I was having an effect on them this person so Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It's so hard to explain. I don't, I honestly don't know because when you're in the thick of it, you are not well, obviously it's a mental disorder. Yeah. So it's an illness. So when anyone approaches you until you're ready, you're probably going to deny and it's embarrassing as well. Like Mm -hmm. maybe not so much embarrassing, but like you've built this like house of cards, right. Mm -hmm. That's like, so finely balanced Mm. on this like this is the structure when you're sick like that like yeah so you've basically like built this massive lie and I think your own sanity depends on this structure staying Mm. intact yeah if it if it falls or if a card is removed then like really the whole thing comes crashing down and yeah that is terrifying to someone who's ill because <clears throat> then what like, yeah. <laughs> like you know like this and it's and then it is it's that control of keeping things I don't know it's not just control of your body it's like a control of how things well life and how, yeah. how you operate and and everything so yeah I think that it's definitely probably best to try to bring it up in like the Mm. gentlest way possible. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to say, I think, I think the thing is to not be like accusatory. That's what can happen with people when they're close to you because they're like, I know this is a problem. You need to get help. Right. What are we going to do about this? And it's like, ah, so I think the best thing to do to let someone know that, you know, and you're here is just to be like, I'm here for you. And like, you know, maybe just, just not in like no accusing and no, like, I don't know. Yeah. So it's so hard because I think it was a really slow thing for me. I knew that people knew, Mm -hmm. right? Like I knew that. So it was up to me to change it. And I I like, I don't even know how I did it. (laughs) I think it's, um, it's like any sort of like addiction or like anything like that it's so hard to bring up to somebody that you know that they have a problem you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like you know that you have a problem but like how do you carefully be like if we don't get you help because I know that like in one of my past relationships I I knew there was a problem and I like tried to bring it up and be like I think that this is but it was obviously very directly affecting me mm-hmm. and I was like I think this is how we need to handle it and and like this is the problem and shutdown mode right yeah. like there's no you can't go in wagging a finger of like well this is the problem and this is how we're going to fix it and like this is the steps we need to take like I think it needs to be very like hey I love you like I I'm feeling like this might be a problem for you and like can we work on it together? Like, how can I support you? Like all those kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I've been there too. I've had people that I'm telling them this is like, I've yeah. done that to people. I've yelled and screamed at people 100%. being like, this needs to change. Yeah. And it obviously doesn't get you anywhere. Um, yeah. I think the moral of the story is you can't <laughs> change anyone. They have to be ready to change themselves. Yeah. Like, as the cliche goes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how do you gently bring it up. I guess gently is the keyword. Yeah. Gently is a keyword. Yeah. And I think too, depending on the severity and like how close you are and stuff like that, there's always like the option of like bringing somebody closer in, like, 
I know I had a girlfriend who was, this is like such a weird side story, but I had a, <laughs> a girlfriend, uh, when I lived in Victoria. So on the f- before Fort Mac, yes, before Fort Mac. And she was essentially what happened was that she had gotten in a car accident with this friend of hers. It was like one of her best friends. He died. Like it was this like whole, Okay, she's like, like on one about it. Like, of course. But then she's like getting like weird. Like there was just something weird about it. And I was like, I just feel very funny about this. Like something is off. Yeah. And me and one other person in the group like went and kind of did like some research and we were like this person is made up and the whole the person was like writing on her Facebook wall and she had all these memories and like had a profile and like all this stuff and and I was like okay I don't know if this is like psychosis at this point or if she's like starved for attention or like what's going on here yeah and so I called some of the other friends together and I was like, you guys, we need to like figure out what to do here. And they had all, everybody had been off in twos because you can't just go to somebody and say, I think you're having a literal mental breakdown right now. This is not real. Like, so everyone had been talking to one other person and everyone had been doing like their own sets of research. One person had tried to order a death certificate, which didn't exist. Like another person had been talking to nurses and, and the fire chief and like trying to find this accident. And like, everyone was like, what do we do? So we literally like had to compile all this evidence that we found. And then one of the guys had to take it to her brother and be like, we're not sure what's happening with your sister, but like this whole situation is made up. How wackadoo so is what that? what happened? She just wanted attention. Yeah, but did you like confront like what happened with yeah, her? Yeah, so the like- okay, so the so the brother took it to the mom and they had like a family intervention okay, and then yeah. I don't think anything happened after that. I think she just was like, "Sorry." <laughs> Whoa. And I was See, like, that's like there's something major that's going on there. Exactly. I've heard of that though. I've heard stories like I think I was listening to a podcast like something very similar to that where yeah. they like com- like claimed that somebody had died and it was this whole big thing. Oh my god. I like, like that's yeah. You like you you need to go to ther- therapy at the very least. Oh yes. Yeah. So anyways, nothing ha- nothing ever happened with her and I just like distanced myself from her cuz I was like this is way too much for yeah, me to handle. Not, no. Like especially if you're not doing anything about it you're just like "Mm, sorry oh yeah (laughs) won't happen again oh we found like a bunch of fake people we went through her entire friends list on facebook and she had all these people made up and like his this guy's mom was like on a fake profile it was crazy i was like and yeah and like i lost track and touch of her but like hopefully she's good (laughs) because like that's some that's some issues that need dealing with yeah so anyways (laughs) That was how we handled that situation. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, okay. So that being said, I think a good idea is to go to, to family perhaps. And say like, Oh, and that is what happened to me in my first relationship. My, my ex went to my mom. Oh, really? That's how she found out. And I was so mad. Yeah. I was so mad. I felt so betrayed. Yeah. But like, obviously I did, you know, let's say someone's like a serious addict and then you know, obviously they're going to be mad. You of know, course. If, uh, of course they're going to be angry, but just because somebody's angry doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do. Like, couldn't agree more. If you're 
like literally trying to save someone's life, you're probably watch an episode of intervention. Yeah, watch an episode. They're mad. Yeah, (laughs) the people are mad. You're definitely gonna piss someone off. So totally. I mean, I know I said there's like probably no way good way to go about it, and there really isn't. But the important thing is that it is gone about because yeah, you might be met with anger. You might be like, you know, someone might never want to see you again. But at least you tried. Yeah, totally agree. And you know, if that person can make it through to the other side, then they're going to be really grateful for you. Yeah. To you. So. Cause look yeah. at you now, baby thriving. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it, but <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't because of me, but I mean, you know, who knows? It might've been like, I think I needed people in my life that honestly showed me unconditional love and you were mm-hmm. one of those people, you know? So I think, mm. yeah everyone's valuable in that way. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm premenstrual. I'm going to cry really easily. <laughs> Just, <you know. laughs> oh. oh my God. Yeah. I'm premenstrual. <laughs> uh, I have mine right now. So we're still synced, baby. Yes. <laughs> Even after oh. all the yeah. <laughs> Any day now. Any day now. Any day now. Ha- oh, um, have you got your since you got vaccinated? This is also a side. Mm. You have? Did I get my period? Like, have you gotten it yeah. already since your yeah, vaccination? Yeah. So, because we talked about this, right? Did we talk about this, or are you just wondering well, for other people? N- no, I'm. I know you didn't feel well and you were feeling really sick, but yeah. I'm wondering because I had seen, um, uh, I'd seen some videos that were women saying that their first period after they got a vaccine was like rough awful like had a horrible time yeah so that's what I read because I wasn't sure it would affect that I didn't yeah. really know because I got mine a long I got mine a while ago because yeah I'm healthcare so I got it like yeah a little bit in advance um <clears throat> but I okay so to begin with my period my cycle has always been off mm-hmm. and like can put this in the podcast too because like because yeah. I was so I wasn't eating and I was so ill so like and I it continues make, to be honest uh, no no I, I've I've oh, got on okay, a pretty okay, good okay. like schedule again um I had an IUD in for five years hmm. oh, just put a pin in that because the reason why I went in is <laughs> leads us back to Fort McMurray oh, and then um so then I took it out two years ago and my, my periods have been pretty good like fairly oh, regular good. they're always long like my cycles mm. are always like on the longer side but it was definitely mm. regulating and then um I got the vaccine and I skipped an entire period. So oh, my cycle you. was 70 days. Um, and then I finally got it. And now I'm on day like 37 or something again. So like, I, oh, feel, I thought you said, I, of, I, mean, I thought you meant of having it. I was no, like, no, 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 no. Cycle, cycle <laughs> I was like, you might need to get that checked. You should not be doing no. that though. The seven days. No, no, no. I so I'm just, on day 37. I'm like, okay. it should be coming soon. I think I ovulated. Everything's really weird. I'm getting my second shot in two weeks mm. a week and a half and it's probably gonna happen again it's totally it'll go a little wacko I only ask because I got um I got mine just like the other day yesterday mm. day before and I am usually mine are like super easy like I'm just like okay well whatever like yeah. we're done I thought I was gonna throw up my cramps were so bad I was yeah. like what the f-? and then it I remembered the video inflammation yeah so and that can present definitely it was very weird. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, why do I feel so sick? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, right, right. The yes, yes, yes. It, that Hopefully that gets better after the second. After the first. Yeah. I, no, like after your 
first like cycle like hopefully it oh yeah yeah I think it will I I have faith that it'll be totally fine after just doing it for the greater good you know yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay put it let's go back to your pin literally and figuratively Mm. in your IUD oh yes so um so got me pregnant so this is something we didn't (laughs) touch on you knew this I do sure know. You, yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> but I, and I, I do. I, I that was while we were up in front for Mac, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I do remember had that. an abortion in February, 2014. And it was like the most horrendous thing I've ever done. Mm. Not to say that, like, I know a lot of girls get them and it's totally fine. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just for me personally, it was absolutely Heart. horrific mm-hmm. just because I think my maternal like I, I ended up getting quite far along because we were in Fort Mac and I couldn't I didn't know mm-hmm. for a little while mm-hmm. because my period my I never got my period so mm-hmm. it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. a fucking miracle that I got pregnant because like how my body was able to do that and to like ovulate and stuff is just really Crazy. wild to me yeah um <clears throat> so I don't know. Why. Yeah, I don't I don't think I knew that you got very far along in it. I thought I knew, like I knew you went yeah. about your abortion, but I don't mm-hmm. think I knew that you were far along. It was over three months. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. So I had to go to Edmonton, and it was like just terrible. And yeah. then they basically just put. They asked me if I wanted to put an IUD. They said like you should. Like, yeah. Just put this in during like while after the procedure like while you're here and I was like okay sure, sounds good and I think that's a horrible thing to do too because they're just like here's your solution so you don't get pregnant again but like I didn't get any real education on what an IUD right was what it was going to do to my body etc so <clears throat> anyway I had that taken out a couple of years ago and I think that the pregnancy too was also like really hard on me and very damaging to nice relationship even more so of course than already yeah. was <laughs> want to add some like, more chaos to this chaos yeah and I think I would have kept it if it wasn't with like I, I spoke to my mom you know I obviously told my parents and I told my mom and I yeah she's like super supportive and she knows she knew the whole situation was and she just told me like you know if you keep this baby <laughs> you are going to be tied to this person for the rest of your life mm-hmm <clears throat> which is something that you like really need to think about. Mm-hmm. But she also said, if you decide to go ahead, like you'll be supported and you know, yeah. you can do it. I know you can blah, blah, blah. But that was the thing. Like I cannot be tied. To this and you knew that even then, cause you kept dating for a while after that. Yeah, we dated. We broke up in like July, I think of that year. Yeah. We actually got back together long distance later when I moved back to Vancouver, which is like the most fucked up. <laughs> they always come wait did he come back to you yeah i don't they always come yeah it was you know it was i don't know i guess it was a joint effort but uh, i would have a like seven-year-old child can you or something like that right i'd be so happy i would love it to death but (laughs) yeah i don't I don't think that would maybe, be good. Maybe later. I was not in the in the right place no, to be having I don't a child. Think that it was you... the best thing to do for sure. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I can't I forgot about that on my little timeline there. <laughs> it's all blacked out. It's all blacked out. 
I was the only child you needed in Fort McMurray. Yeah, you, you were enough. When was enough? <clears throat> so yeah, there's that. And then I don't even know if we need to touch on Fort McMurray anymore. It was a very dark, dark, dark time it's for me. The best, mm-hmm. except for that we have lifelong friends from. I think that's the totally. only. Totally, like, that is the thing. It was like yeah. this. Um, it was this place. You know, whenever I say I was in Fort McMurray, people say like, "Oh God, ooh, well, why, why, why? same." And I'm like, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's this. You know, but it was this place where everyone went with the same mind, like like-minded people. They're obviously there to make money, but it wasn't this like you know, when you worked, no, you don't. <laughs> that was your personal job. And I trained you oh, <laughs> your personal so. serving job. But I remember like <laughs> restaurants were like very cliquey and everyone, yes. their, you know, and, and the, the pub, I don't think was like that because Not everyone, at all. Was there, everyone was there from somewhere else. Yeah. Everyone was there from somewhere else. We all were, you know, in this together and we made such good friends. And then I also met people that I lived in the same city as before that I never knew. And totally. then we all came back to Vancouver and we're all still friends, you know, like yeah. of, we've, we've all kind of like grown apart and we're doing our own things, but I still consider like a lot of those people, probably lifelong friends and yeah. And I wouldn't have known them if I didn't go there. Yeah. So there's that, you know, yeah. Friends were amazing. The, the feeling of like community was huge. Awesome. Like, the best. There's definitely like, there's super good things about it. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I was just usually like, not part of that like I I missed a lot of it because Mm. I was in my own hole of misery yeah (laughs) yeah hiding and you know all that stuff so yeah no I I I always say the same thing about format because people always oh you lived in Fort yeah. Mac and I'm yeah. like that's my family thank yeah. you very much <laughs> like yeah. it, I've never ever and I've lived so many places and I've never it been anywhere else that's such a community and like everyone's there to take care of each other like yeah. we had all our holidays together no one really went home like we were like Christmas Thanksgiving like you're with your pub fam like yeah we used yeah. to have like big yeah like I loved it I can't believe that was a thing like a time in my life like that sounds so dramatic that I know it never, it's something that would never happen now I don't think it's so funny because when I like when people are like why did you start a podcast I'm like because like these things happen to me and my friends and it sounds like it's a tv show Mm -hmm. like the reason I came up was the reason you left like one of my best friends is cheating with the boy like I'm sorry what's going on like just bananas like just absolutely insane anyways how did we segue into that (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Just Anyways. oh yeah, just Fort McMurray being like, our fam. A very like rough time for me, and then yeah. Oh and well, then Silver like lining. I lived with Jeremy, like our very good friend Jeremy, and he was responsible for like pulling. He he actually moved in with both of us, and he had to deal with that. Poor Jeremy. <laughs> he was like my angel, and still is. So like Jeremy is when I think of what got me out of the state that I was in in Vancouver post yeah like after you moved Um, back it was Jeremy he was literally like hey Ponya you're coming to live with us that's what's happening (laughs) he saw what was happening yeah he lived with me when it when it was happening too and like I basically moved back and was just struggling like with work and everything I worked 
Oh, well, I went to Bali and got dengue fever. So. Holy fuck, I forgot all <laughs> I about that. I was in the that. hospital for two weeks in Bali. I 100% forgot about that. Yeah, so that that's why we left. I was supposed to go with Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. you were. Um, but she had to cancel because, unfortunately, her father got really sick and ended up yeah. passing away. Um, and I still went... With your mom, then you? I actually went my mom there, yeah. And we spent a week and a bit together. And then when we were going our separate ways, I was supposed to have this big, like, two-month, you know, solo travel. And the first Eat, pray, love. Tanya was going to go eat, pray, love her way through Bali. (laughs) (laughs) The the first night I was on my own, I was like, oh, so good. Like, (laughs) I felt like I had the worst cramps of life. Like, it felt like my, my, my pelvis was being crushed. Ooh. by a steamroller and I actually called I don't know if I called my friend I was messaging my friend's little brother who's a doctor and I was like something's wrong he's like I don't know like maybe go to the doctor and I couldn't get this is a really long story anyway I got really 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 <laughs> sick and I had to stay in the hospital and then when I came home I had to stay with my dad for like a month to recover on on the island on Galliano and then was still really sick there and then came back here got a job and started dating Andy at number two. Oh, this comes later that's a few that's like a little bit later but I actually got let go not let go of my job but like kind of like let go because my I was still very ill like eating disorder mm-hmm. full throttle mm. um <clears throat> anxiety attacks like daily which were mm. debilitating so I would have to miss work because I literally couldn't move my body because I was having such bad anxiety attacks mm. and yeah I got like pretty much dismissed for that reason which was really brutal and then was like a little bit unemployed for a bit and Jeremy and his <laughs> a little bit unemployed <laughs> like a little bit unemployed for a little while <laughs> like a touch unemployed and like really sad <laughs> uh, just like sleeping away my days and thinking of ways to like get money to pay my rent like it was that bad like it was like I have $20 I know I'll go spend it on pasta at Shoppers Drug Mart so I can throw it up later like that's actually what I was doing which is so fucked up and that was my life and and then eventually Jeremy would move back here was like okay Banya you're coming to live with us and I let go of my amazing apartment I love that place Um, it's so nice and moved in with um, my friends Jeremy Nils and continued to be a disaster whilst living with him. <laughs> they parented you back to life. No, I continued to to oh. like just be not Plot so good. Twist. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it wasn't like a magical thing. I was like, <laughs> it it kept going, and then <clears throat> I got another job which I kept for like five years. And I'm still kind of there, and some. I, what happened I met the other boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) who had similar issues we were together for like over two years yeah serious drug issues which like I think we talked about before like the reason why I've discovered since that I chose these men were because I was trying to probably take the spotlight off of myself and there were Mm. some people that needed fixing and I didn't go to them with that idea I wasn't like oh you you just you're, were like you're good <laughs> I think that's what happened yeah I think like right that's 
what I was drawn to and that's what happened. And, and then did you figure that out on your own or did you have somebody tell you that? I don't know. I think it's like a pretty clear idea to me. I'm sure people have said that to me before. Like, I think it's like a pretty blatant thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you were like, I mean, so you were 30, 31 when you were dating number two, right? Mm, 31 32 yeah yeah like that yeah yeah so okay and this is where I really love digging into your brain because (laughs) because I think that like 30 is a scary number Mm -hmm. for everybody I don't know if it was scary for you but it was scary for me like I was like actually I was pretty excited when I hit 30 but I was also like total upheaval of my life at 30 and and I think that there are a lot of people who went like feel like they need to have it all figured out by 30. Mm-hmm. And I think in specifically, I mean, the realms of job and relationship, but relationship is a really hard one because by 30, you, all your friends are getting married. Like lots of your friends have kids. Like you feel like that's where you should be at. And I think that we often stay in relationships that are not good not mm-hmm. meant for us because you're like well I'm here and I'm 31 and I'm 32 and yeah. like you know because I remember talking to you about him and you were like I don't know like I like you were like so on the fence about it but you want it you like we're so determined because you were like this is like we're gonna have you know like we're gonna we're gonna get married we're gonna it's have gonna a family be, yeah. like it's just yeah. gonna be it and I, I was like that. yeah yeah I think you did too and I was like I you believed it for a long time anyways mm-hmm. and then like I think it all came crashing down, obviously, as it always does, like when you're with a partner that's destructive. Yeah. But I just like, what was it scary for you to leave that? And like, oh, God, I mean, I tried it was this is another thing where I actually talk about this with my girlfriend a lot because she witnessed the whole thing. Mm. Um, And she's like a a serious empath Mm. and she was friends with both of us too. And you know, after we finally broke up and like, I was living with another friend, which was like the best thing ever. That's when I like, think I fully got it together, but she, she would talk about our relationship and our breakup and everything that happened. And, and you know, the nights that he, same with like, he would be out partying with our mutual friends and they would be like, you know, doing drugs with him. And, and feeding that and that's not their responsibility it's not their responsibility to be keeping him clean or to not be giving him drugs like Mm -hmm. it's not on anyone else but that was happening you know and she was there for some of that and she just like she literally cries every time she talks about it she's like I don't know how you made it through that like Mm -hmm. and she remembers and I have other friends too who remember things that happened and remember things about it that I don't remember Mm -hmm. because I my my mind literally shut it out yeah. Because it had to, because I think that what, ha- what I went through with this relationship was actually worse than, than with, mm. with beep number one, <laughs> <laughs> beep number one and beep number two. Yeah. Cause we lived together. He had a child who I got really close with. Yeah. That's hard. <clears throat> um, and I was going through school. I think I was in my second year and we were living together and it got to the point where like, we only had one fob for some reason. And he would come home. I'd have to be at school at like eight. So I'd get up at like six and he 
was working in a bar that would close late. So when he came home, I would have to actually go downstairs and get him. Like we didn't have a buzzer mm. number. So I would actually have to go downstairs and retrieve him at like three in the morning. And I would oh have to like gosh. kind of stay awake to that. Cause I wasn't, I don't sleep properly. Um, and go get him and then like somehow maybe sleep and then get up. And then often he wouldn't come home. Like he just wouldn't come home. Sweet. Or he would come home and like steal money out of my purse and leave, you know, like stuff like that was happening. So it was like a lot of that, which I just like, it almost became normal to me Mm -hmm. and it became normal to like freak out about it. And then like, I was just living in this absolute chaos. Like, yeah. And then I was made to, I was like kind of getting gaslit a little bit. Like I would, you know, he'd hide behind his addiction and like the fact that he has a problem and then I would end up feeling really bad for him and like want to help more. And it just like was this web that I could not get out of because unlike he is a really good person. I really Mm. think like he is a fucking asshole. (laughs) Let's be real. Deep down, not the greatest. You know, like he's, he's not nice. And yeah, yeah, he is. A, he is straight up an asshole. Yeah. And, and he knows it too. Like he'll say he's an asshole. Like he knows yeah. it. he's an asshole. And, and, and this, this one is really a, just a damaged human. Like he yeah. had a really hard childhood. He still goes through a lot of shit with his parents. Like, like his mother just passed away a little while ago. And like, it's just, he's got a lot of reasons to be really fucked up mm-hmm. and he, tried really hard and that was where I like my bleeding heart I was like I can't leave you like you are damaged I must help you I'm like we can do this you know and yeah totally and then his addiction was too strong and then I that would break my heart and I would be angry and like it was just this like did your um did your eating disorder get bad again when oh my god yeah I was like yes Yeah, yeah yeah I feel like it was bad all the way from Mm from from Fort Mac and he so, was bad before then but like all the way until a few years ago like a few years ago yeah and I still lied about it if few years ago like if you'd asked me like three years ago like how you doing I would have been like I'm good but like it was <laughs> I'm good <laughs> you know so mm. yeah yeah I anyway got out of that one and like was it when you got out of it like was it were you just like, were, did you feel terrified of starting over again? Or were you more excited? I don't excited? remember. Mm. I don't remember. It also took us a while to break up. Like we started, I missed him a lot and we were like seeing each other and like doing things together for a long time yeah. after and then yeah. still going through that shitty stuff too. So it actually took me seeing, like starting to date another guy to like get over that hump. Yeah. Um, who was like, so amazing because he wasn't the person for me but he showed me what it was like to have somebody like care about you like check off all the boxes like have things together have you know like all these things and I was like wow and like and be really amazing to me and sweet and like you know we call those so bar was, razors. That was really nice. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is what I deserve. Yeah, yeah. We call those bar razors. Yeah. I have one right now and it's the yeah. fucking nicest. Yeah. You're like, you what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. You are calling me when yeah. you get home? <laughs> I mean, it got to the point with this guy where I was kind of like, leave me alone. But like, not in a, just, that's just because I was still like, totally. You no, know, that's not his fault. That was just me being 
annoying, but, um, but good to have somebody to like show you that people, good people who care about you and yes. all those things are going to, yeah. are, are out there. And they're going to come to you like when you're ready for them yeah. too. Like yeah. I, you know, changed a lot of things and I started living with someone. This isn't to say I started living with like my best, best friend and who we've known each other forever. And it was like, we were unsure about moving in together. He's always been like, I can never live with you because he thinks I'm messy and like all these <laughs> things. And it was supposed to be quite temporary and it lasted two years. Mm. And um, yeah, it was just so great. And I was finishing school and yeah, it, that's probably like my actual turning point. And I, I did live with Jeremy for like, moved with Jeremy like four times. Um, God love him. And like, even though I didn't make the turnaround when I lived with him, I still think of him as like, he was literally the person that like stuck his hand into the <laughs> quicksand and was like, no bitch. <laughs> Honestly, like, out here. Yeah, like he, he <clears throat> cared so much and still does like, yeah, just such, you yeah, know, well, you he's one of people your... like, He's one of your actual strong foundations <clears throat> instead of yeah. it being shaky. Yeah. And you, th- you know, you think of people that are just like, that can, that have the capacity to do that, mm-hmm. especially when they struggle with their own stuff. And I just, I was never there. I was never the person that were like, yes, I can take care of you unless you were the, unless you were the, the immediate person in my life. So yeah, my, my boyfriends or somebody right there that yeah. needed that care. <clears throat> they got it all, but you know, when I had people caring about me and trying to help and just using energy that I didn't even know existed Mm -hmm. was wild. (laughs) And I get it now. Like I can, I see it now, but I didn't before. Yeah. How that's possible. Yeah. Well, and I think you have it now. I think you have a little extra. Yeah. I've got some room now. (laughs) You got a little room now, you know, got some room, got some room. But, you know, like everyone asks the big, like the biggest question I get with new people when I'm treating them, acupuncture is like, what made you be an act? Like, what made you choose this? Yeah. And I was like, oh God, like, I don't know how to answer that question because it was, it's just like a bunch of shit. It's literally all the stuff I just talked about. Plus yeah. so much more. Like my whole childhood was a whole it's a whole other podcast. There's a, there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole lot other bag of worms like, over there. You know, and that's, I had like quite the childhood and a lot of um, mental illness and, and stuff, which, you know, is hard for me to pinpoint because my, my mother feels a lot of guilt about things. Yeah. And I, and I don't want her to, and she blamed herself for a lot of things. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, yeah, that probably is why, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Absolutely, I don't, you don't want to, you don't want your parents why. to feel like, like they fucked you up, but they did, <laughs> um, but obviously that played a part. And, but I also attribute like my mom has done amazing things and she's come. Your so mother's far. your best friend in the world. She's come I, so far. No. And yeah. And I wouldn't be where I am without her now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Yeah. <laughs> It's, hey, it's with your mom, thing. I'm not going to get like into the details of your mom, but, but I know that like, I have some, like quite a few friends who like, I've got a really good relationship with my mom. I have, I I'm very 
aware that my family is not normal in that, Mm. like my family's super healthy for the most part. Like, I mean, (laughs) we still have our shit, but like, I'm aware that that's not the norm that like my parents are still together. I've literally, my friend asked me the other day, she's like, well, what did you do? Like when you were little and you saw your parents fight, like your parents were fighting. I was like, I've never seen my parents. Didn't know about it. (laughs) Didn't know. Never knew. Like just like, you know, all those sort of things. So I have a very healthy family. I'm very aware of that, but I do have, I, I'm very, uh, I try to be very empathetic and like, you know, putting myself in people's shoes. Mm -hmm. And I, and I also have a lot of friends who have difficult relationships Mm -hmm. with a parent, but oftentimes if it's my girlfriends, it's with their mothers. Mm -hmm. And I, I was talking to my auntie about that, um, like last summer. And she said, you know, like, cause she has a difficult relationship with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, for me, like I now in adulthood can see that like my, a, my mom did the best she could with what she had. Like she's a person, she was trying to figure it out too, when she was raising me and B, like, I can see now that like, she's not ever going to be the, the person that I want her to be in my mm-hmm. head. And so I have to just like love her and accept her where she's at and like, forgive the things that it's just like anything else, right? Like, it's just like another, it's a friendship. It's a relationship Yeah, you have to forgive like where they're at and, and love them for who they are. And if you don't need like, I mean, you don't have to, like, that's on totally your choice, but like, if you want to move forward in a, in a healthy relationship with your parent, like, do you feel like you did that? Like, if that kind of makes sense, like that mindset around it. So what I've learned is it's all about expectations mm-hmm. and expectations create boundaries and they destroy everything. <laughs> yes. So, um, and it's really hard to not have them. Yeah. Especially um, for a parent. I think it's really hard not to have really that idea have in them. your head. Yeah. Yeah. And also parents have expectations of us. They create mm-hmm. these expectations of us, whether it's like, um, I think it's usually about how successful we are mm. and how happy we are. Mm-hmm. Our happiness, they literally have expectations about it. And if, so I'm just plugging in my computer. No, you're good. Um, and if we don't, you know, fulfill that, then it comes off as, <laughs> there we go. It comes off as like them, they're caring about us. They want us to be successful, but it's also like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Which is cliche, but it's, it is, it's this expectation and it isn't healthy. And yeah. I, I remember my, my mom actually telling me when she like released her expectations of us and really, and a lot of parents can never, will never come to this. Like the, the, the release of their children, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom was like, I, I know that you and your brother are your own people and this is your life. And even though you came from me, I, you're not mine Mm -hmm. and I expect nothing of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, there's still moments where I can definitely see those everyone, everyone has expectations they come through that's impossible to not have. But that's her basic like awareness. And I remember, I'll like always remember her saying that to me. And I don't think a lot of people have had that like gift from their parents, yeah. you know, of a release. Yeah. And I think a lot of people won't get it. And no, that's hard. a lot of people. And don't. that's really hard. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'm so grateful to my mom for like her insight with that and her ability to release and, and not only release us, but like, you know, release her own guilt and yeah. not feel responsible for us. Yeah. So it's not just about us 
feeling a responsibility to like fulfill whatever she saw for us. It's about like her being responsible for us. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it does. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think like, well, I love your mom because she gave me you, but I <laughs> love your mom. Like, I love that she said that to you and like, yeah, because that's so healthy. And, and I think that it's hard for people to, to have, I mean, yeah, I think it's hard as the kid to realize that they have these expectations of you when you're frustrated, when they are not meeting your expectations. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just the, that sort of vicious, yeah. vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is like, you, you can only control yourself. So yeah, that's, and that's a super hard thing mm-hmm. to do. Did you have, like, was there any um, points in your like adulthood or teenage years where you and your mom like weren't connected? Oh yeah, for sure. Like we, there's a lot of, a lot of time in teenage years. And then she was going through a lot of stuff and I kind of like, I left and then I kind of like left my brother with her, which is a whole other thing too, that he feels anger about. Um, And yeah, well, we had like really hard times. I moved back in with her after I broke up with my first boyfriend and we had tons of fights. Like she wasn't stable. Yeah. Neither was I. Yeah. We, we super butt heads. I remember her telling me like, oh yeah, it it was not good for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you feel like you're, um, to really, (laughs) do you feel like your eating disorder stemmed more from body dysmorphia or stemmed more from your needing to have control in your childhood? That's hard because I, I remember the body You're dysmorphia fine. very yeah. clearly. Like yeah. I, I can, it's tangible. Like I can, yeah. I can feel how I felt in my little umbro shorts, <laughs> on, on the field. you know, but Galliano Island. Bro. No, not Galliano. No, oh, where Victoria. I went to oh, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. 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 Galliano was weekends, but I, <laughs> I distinctly remember feeling that, but mm-hmm. I'm quite sure that that came you know, from a place of needing to control because yeah, I, I can, I can remember very far back having instability in, in my house and like, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was quite ill and like, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. So I'm pretty sure that came from there. I just, I just yeah. avoided it because I was so young, but that's how my little brain yeah. dealt with it. And, and do you think that Sorry, go ahead. That's no, okay. Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you do you feel like um like your like big two boyfriends, the idiots, mm-hmm. were a little bit of a reflection of you trying to take care of your mom? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like- also were really through my eating disorder in my face too. So like mm-hmm. when I would, when I would try to, or when I would get angry at at them about it or when it would be an issue that would get thrown in my face you know yeah. well I'm not perfect I've got these issues so yeah. you know look at yourself so that was always a thing and yes 100% I think choosing those people was definitely like a recreation of yeah 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 trauma even though at that time yeah. yeah definitely yeah even though at that time like my mom and I had a good relationship they're still yeah they're still all there yeah, yeah. totally it's like, and, like it's very much um savior complex Mm -hmm. was like trying to like fix and mend Mm -hmm. fix and mend from even when you were little yeah right so yeah yeah. 
Hmm. So I, yeah, it's hard to say where the body stuff came from. I also remember there's certain things you like just so distinctly remember. I remember like, I think I was older, like maybe like 15 or 16. And my mom, like, she's going to sound bad here, but she didn't mean anything by it. I think I was, maybe my little tummy was sticking out or something. And I'm sure I wasn't even, I was probably thin. Like, I don't even remember what my body was like, but I think she poked me and said like, Oh, time to go for a run or some shit, you know, that their parents (laughs) would say to them. One thing that their parents would have said. She just didn't clue in. And I think I even said like, mom, you're going to give me an eating disorder. And she was like, no, I won't. You'll never have one because you just said that, you know, it's like, she, she was like, no, you won't because you actually said that. Yeah. And I always think of that. And like, (laughs) jokes on you, mom. Okay. Yeah. Take that. (laughs) I'll show her. Oh, I won't have one. Will I? Oh, I love oh a challenge. God. Let's do um, love a, I do love a good yeah. challenge. God. But you are in a very healthy place now. I want to really. Yes. Yeah, so let's. let's, let's <laughs> should, we, should we leave? The, let's bring the it up. Of doom. <laughs> let's but bring it okay. up. Can you talk about um, things that have worked for you, like in your turning point and like in wanting to get better, in being in a healthier place? Like where did that kind of all come from because I think I mean correct me if I'm wrong but there mm-hmm. was um not a lot of seeing out of it when you're in it no no and like it's hard for me to even know when I got out of it like yeah it was like a long pro it's just kind of it's kind of like how getting into it was a long process coming out of yeah. it was equally as like muddy a little bit mm-hmm. um but I think I just, I don't know. School helped a lot. I got, I decided I was, I was on a path. Like I was finally doing something. I wasn't just floating around, you know, making a little bit of money and living paycheck to paycheck and spending Mm -hmm. most of my money on food that I was then purging. And, um, yeah, I just got surrounded by more people that cared and more like-minded people. And I started talking Mm -hmm. about it you know I have people in my life that have similar stories and similar so many women have eating disorders yeah so many people have issues have their stuff and I think it's so much more common to talk about it and I've and I have and I think normalizing the conversation is Mm -hmm. huge and um yeah I don't I don't know it just kind of happened and slow super slowly and I think it's even things like getting, breaking, breaking my habits and getting out of, you know, not being in a position where I, I can't do that. I don't, you know, when I lived, when I moved in with my last roommate with Taylor, you know, we had a lot of time off together and we had like time. I couldn't, I didn't have the time to be right. <laughs> to be doing that. I'm going to so do then, stuff. Like literally. Like, so I like, like we would make dinner together and that would be our thing and it would be healthy totally. and then we would hang out. And so just being in a routine of that yeah. and then being like, Oh, okay. I can, you know, my body's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and moving my body more and just really talking about it. I feel like mm-hmm. exposing what I've like my thoughts and what my, my thought process and opening up to other people. Yeah. I think is, did you, did you, have Helpful. you like done it all on your own or did you use any outside like resources at all? Um, 
No, I think, yeah, pretty much on my own since, since I did that the hypnotherapy thing. Mm. Yeah. She a boss bitch. Was, <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, and, and I have many, many, many slip ups, you yeah. know, it's not perfect. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is something I always struggle with. And I still do like having negative self-talk. Yeah. You know, I still like, we'll look at, I still can't, I can't fit a pair of pants and I'm like, oh, and I, and I talk about it. And then, so something I'm trying really hard is to not do that because that's yeah. showing other people. It's not about me at that point. It's like yeah. me telling other people that it's okay to, sh- to not be happy about your body. Yeah. And then you're showing them that that's a normal behavior. So like mm-hmm. I can picture my mom, just like she can probably picture her mom, like, you know, holding themselves in a certain way where they're uncomfortable or, or talking about their fat in a certain way, you know, like we've all heard that they, I've, I don't think I've ever heard an older woman talk about how much she loves her, her cellulite or her like saggy underarm skin or anything, you know, it's always like, Oh, look at this, look at this. And that's what we do. That's what we learn. And it's just like perpetuating this, this monster. Yeah. And and I, okay, so a big turning point, I talk about this a lot. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if Ashley will ever listen to this. Ashley's my, my partner now. <laughs> but he is honestly like my biggest body inspo. <laughs> like he's, he's always had like a bit, he's big, he's like six, four. And he's always had like kind of a dad bod, which I love. Yeah, you do love a dad and bod. I, I have, and I just remember one morning, like he's always been very confident, like super like in his own skin, whatever he's like and not and not like ego confident just yeah. like innocently like yeah yeah me. and I just and he, his shirts are like he likes them small and you know he, like they're just kind of like tight I don't know if it's on purpose I think they just shrink but I remember one morning he's like putting on his putting on his pants and they're like pretty tight and he buckled them up and did his belt and he was all tucked in and then he just like went on his way and it just like that watching that for me because I can picture myself putting on pants and being like oh and then like feeling uncomfortable and like sucking in and yeah and you know looking at yourself and and he just never did that stuff and it was like oh my god that is so amazing it's like the best thing I've ever seen and he's honestly it is my inspiration like when I feel uncomfortable or anything I like I picture that I love that so much so pure and it's so like yeah he's gonna fuck and like neither does anyone else I love it it's just so and yeah that is my like I remember having that moment and being like that that is what I was missing when I was growing up I was missing watching someone be comfortable and and not speak of themselves badly or anything and yeah that was like a huge moment for me and that's what I try to keep in my mind at all times now so yeah I feel uncomfortable I picture that when I like see other people do that like I I really try to keep the negative self-talk to a minimum or yeah. even, and I, but I still find myself doing it. Like I, you know, I think it's I, just, I put on some shorts and I was like, these don't fit me. And I'm complaining yeah. about it out loud to my friends. And then I, then I say afterwards, it's okay. Like, I don't mind that I, my body's a bit bigger. It's just like, it sucks not fitting your clothes. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I literally did the same thing because I like, I mean, I think it's second nature for us as, as women, in, especially to do that, to, to, 
I saw this quote where it was like, um, we've been made to believe that we are meant to fit clothes and clothes are supposed to fit Fit us. us. Yeah. Like it's like, I tried on a pair of shorts from last summer and I was like, okay, I might need to lose a couple LBs. And my, these shorts, (laughs) man, I was like discouraged. I went and bought new jeans and they were like a size bigger. And like, I was like, man, like, Oh, and then my BR came over and he's like, I was like complaining about it. And he's like, are you kidding me? You look thick. You look so good. Like I'm so into this. And I was like, okay. okay." Yeah. And I always like, I always, I, it's funny. Cause like, I'll do it to myself, but then like, you know, somebody around me will be like, oh, stupid idiot. Like to themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll literally don't do that. Don't (laughs) talk about yourself like that. Yeah. Like always. Cause I'm like, man, we got to stop doing that. Yeah. And it's like second nature. It's just what we do. It is. It's because it's what we were shown. So, you know, something that I'm huge on if I ever have a daughter or son or whatever, is just like always remembering that that cycle that needs to be broken and it can be healed. If we start changing it, it can be healed in past generations too. Like we can heal Mm -hmm. our mothers and our grandmothers and everybody if we can turn this around. So yeah. I love that. That's really pretty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm super beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, but everything's good now. I mean, I have many moments. Okay, but something I did want to say was, and mm. I've talked about this too with um with my friends who who really saw me go through it all, and I somehow have just like I used to be a, dis- a disaster. <laughs> As we've just covered in great detail but my mood like everything everything was hard and I was sad and I was mm. like up and down and I had this weird realization like maybe a month ago and I was like whoa I never feel like that anymore mm. like I just it just came to me and I was like I don't feel like that anymore and like I've learned to regulate my like emotions or my reactions or what it whatever and that's just really cool. And I feel super like, cool. I feel like we can all get there. And I don't, maybe. What age can we people, be expecting yeah. this at, Panya? I mean, maybe most people actually feel like that's the other thing. I was like, oh, is this what people like feel like? Like, is this, am I, I feeling, am I feeling normal now? And it's, I'm yeah. not saying I feel, I'm not saying I feel awesome all the time, like at all. No, I of just, I just don't have those like insane dips into yeah. like despair that yeah. I used to. And I, and I feel like I'm able to, manage maybe like my grumpiness better or mm-hmm. I, I'm able to manage someone else when they're feeling like that I can be like this doesn't have anything to do with me like yeah okay, yeah I'm fine and that is like that was a very is a very new thing for me and is that just from yeah. like you think like the po- the positive self-talk and like changing kind of like the way that you think about things because I've felt like that a little bit over yeah. the last year too of like I definitely like will have my dips but mm-hmm. I also have gotten very like go with the flow everything's good like we're just gonna okay what's the silver lining of like what's going on right now or like you know what I, I'm always trying to raise the vibe and elevate the mood yeah. because I feel like it makes such a huge difference. Like those, I like say on here all the time, like you have to practice your gratitudes. Like you have to yeah. like look for the good so that when bad things are happening, you can still like remain above it and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, that being said, you still have to feel your sad. You still have to feel everything. Course, you can't like, yeah. you can't bandaid it. So 
sitting with your emotions is very important, but being able to, um, accept that you can't control them. And Mm -hmm. I think for me also, like I found my path and I'm, I'm happy. I'm finally doing something that I feel like I'm like a big girl now. Yeah, you (laughs) You are. And honestly, for a long time, I felt like I would never get there. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I think everything has worked just in conjunction, like my health getting better, my career taking off. It's all like just kind of happened together. And I, like, I wish I had some piece of advice for everyone to be like, this is why, this is how I did it. But I don't, it's just like, I think just being really honest with yourself and where you're at and and stopping the hiding, you know, Mm -hmm. like stopping, just stop digging the hole. And, um, cause no one really can. Like people care about you, but no one cares what you're doing. Like, you know, no, totally. <laughs> just, just, totally. just do it. Like no one, everyone cares more about themselves. So yes. just go for what you want to do. Do it. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, do what yeah. you want to do. Like that. No one cares. I, I also try to say that quite a bit. Like no one mm. gives a shit what you're doing. Like people no. care about you, but no one, like no one cares what you're doing. No, like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> No one's no, judging yeah. you as harshly as they think you are. It's the same sort of thing as like when you get up at a restaurant, you walk to the washroom and you think yeah. everyone's staring at you. Yeah. No one's fucking staring at you, dude. No, not unless you have a piece of prosciutto on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know how that happened to you. Holy fuck. That was funny. Can you send me that photo to put up with the fucking? Oh my God. Send me the I picture. A, I don't have a piece of prosciutto on in a picture. I just oh. had me, t- I just had me talking about how I had a piece of pursuit. I wish you saw it. I wish you had a photo of it. Oh, no, <laughs> no. I can just, recreate one if you want. <laughs> yeah. Just me, just sends me a Get photo of meat on your neck. Yeah. So funny. So funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love you and I'm so glad that you're in my life and I'm so glad that Same. you're doing good. Yeah. I know. I don't want this to be all about like, look how good I'm doing now, guys. Like, <laughs> no, but it should be because I think you are, but a, it should be because you did pull yourself out of some real dark twisties. Yeah. And I, and I think that you should be really proud of that and you should really celebrate that. And I also think that it's a good, um, you're a good, you're a beacon of hope. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I want. Like, I, I just hope that anyone who listens to this can be like, okay, I was there, you know, yeah. like, I, or I am there Mm -hmm. and I, it's possible to get out because I really didn't think it was possible. I wasn't, I wasn't considering like ending my life or anything like that. No, but just just, the continuing cycle. I was just numb. I was living, I was treading water and I was wasting my life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about that too. I'm like, I, I wasted so much time. Mm -hmm. I wasted my time. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I was ill. And I'm Mm going to be, I'm going to have this illness for the rest of my life. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's in there, you know? Yeah. So it's not like it's gone, but I think, yeah, just everyone should, I'm, I'm always here to to answer questions and to like give whatever advice I can give. Like, I love it when people reach out to me. Yeah. Something I, I write, you know, resonates with people. I think that's so great. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saddened when it resonates like it does, but mm. 
but it's also like hopefully hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully hopeful. For well, people, I think it is. Know? Yeah. Cause yeah. how old are you now? Are you gonna give me your, I was going to say, are you going to give me your real age or your fake <laughs> one? <laughs> I'm going to fake age. <laughs> Every, yeah. every so, year it gets better and bring it on. And, and that is what I want to say. Like it, yeah. it truly does. Like when I was like, you know, even in my like twenties going through it, like I wasn't where Panya's at, but like, mm-hmm. man, I just was like, where the fuck is this going? Like you couldn't pay me to go back to my twenties. You couldn't pay me. You could pay me to go back to like a couple spots in my twenties. <laughs> Like there was like some days and like, you know, a couple yeah. months here and there that I like really yeah. liked, but hell no. Like I get no. so, I get way more excited now. I mean, you know, I turned 21 every year yeah, until, yes. <laughs> until I turned 30. Cause I was like, no, I'm when I turn 30, I'm going to turn my real age. And even though I was having a shit year when I turned 30, I have loved this year more than any, any of my other years. Yeah. And it's honestly going to get better. Like yeah. you're it's, 30 was still hard for me. 31 was mm-hmm. still like, honestly, 33 is probably like my TSN turning point. Like, yeah, that's only a few years ago. Just it just, it, TSN. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's my TSN turning point. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps getting, it just keeps getting better. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, aside from like the ovarian reserves diminishing, <laughs> it's getting better and getting older is, is <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we just ignore that for the next little bit. Yes. But yeah, I do want people to like, man, just like, don't give up. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it's not ever too late. Like you're, you see, have you ever seen that? Like, um, it's like that quote about like when JK Rowling started the Harry Potter series and like when, um, and when Oprah got her first talk show and like all these like um, people who are super incredibly successful who didn't get successful till like their or like get their big breaks or, yeah. or make a turning point in their life till they were like in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And it's like, that's the kind of thing we need to be promoting, not these like, yes. yeah, your life is not over. No, I mean, your life has barely begun. Like you're you're still developing as a yeah. person. I mean, it depends on your history. It depends on like what kind of trauma you went through when you were a child, mm-hmm. you know, how possibly stunted you are and how yeah. much growth you need to do in your adulthood. But yeah, you're not God. Yeah. Do the work, put your yeah. like, turn around and do the work. Stop yeah. digging your hole. Exactly. Put the yeah. shovel down. Put the <laughs> shovel down. Turn yeah. around. There are people yeah. there waiting to get you out of the hole. Yeah. 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 And me and Panya are two of them. So mm-hmm. we yeah. sure hope so anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love you so much and thank you, you so for much. doing this with me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I met Panya. She trained me. Like she said, I was her little minion and I was so scared of her because it was my first serving job. And she like was this little buzzy like B, she knew exactly what she was doing. Like she'd been in service industry, like she said, for a long time. She was like, oh my God, I just thought she was the coolest. Now I know she's just a loser like me. I'm just kidding, Vanya. I love you. She's still way cooler than me. Um, She did also message me this little voice note after because she had thought of something she'd forgotten to say. So listen to this. So something I also wanted to touch on is... um social media and the part it has to play in 
you know, feeding, feeding an illness and maybe also even in helping, helping the healing process. So for me, you know, when I started school and I started my, my practice, I really switched over my focus of who I was following and, you know, what I was seeing on a daily basis. And it wasn't necessarily conscious. It's just, you know, you start to create a vacuum forms around, you know, what you're looking at and who you're talking to and who you're following. And um, that can be really negative or really positive. And, you know, it's obviously negative when we start looking at, you know, thin inspiration things and, and ideals that are unachievable. And, you know, there's, there's a dark and dangerous road there. And I definitely went down it at one point. But, you know, now I'm in this place where I'm seeing body positivity and um, a lot of inclusivity just across the board and and it's not toxic positivity Um, it's a lot of real stories and real struggles and a lot of support and and it's beautiful and it makes what I may be going through easier and it's also a platform for me to share what I my experiences and and hopefully you know make someone else feel better or inspire someone else to share their story so I'm in a good vacuum um that being said a long time ago I was you know in that space of seeing things that I wanted and thinking I wasn't good enough and you know I had a a picture of my idea of the perfect butt on my lock screen and my my home screen on my iPhone, which, Kels, you might remember. And, you know, that was my inspiration. So that every time I looked at it, I thought, okay, that's, you know, that's what I want to look like and don't mess up because that's your goal. And it wasn't inspiring. It was horrible because every time I looked at my phone, I was realizing that that wasn't what I had and I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I'm simply not good enough. Um, So I think a really excellent place to start for people who are really struggling is take a good hard look at what you're seeing on a daily basis. The books you're reading, the shows you're watching, the social media, you know, the Instagram accounts you're following. Really look at that and and break down what it's doing for you um, because I think that's really huge and we can really use it to our advantage. And I also wanted to say to people that are still struggling, whether it is with an eating disorder, depression, anxiety, you know, often those things all go hand in hand. So I know how very tired you are I know that you begin each day thinking you're going to be better only to be let down by yourself and you might feel stuck in this perpetual cycle Um, and it's not going to stay like that for you and when you do slip up and you do feel that exhaustion again and you fall back into that even for a moment you're going to realize what it's like 
you're going to know what it's like to not feel that and you're going to be able to pull yourself out of it and it's going to become more and more apparent each time that living like that is just simply not sustainable and you are going to know how to feed your body and your heart and your soul and all the wasted time you can't get that back but you can switch it you can change it there are resources for you your friends want to help you everyone loves you and you are valued and you are worth it like okay why am I emotional though she sucks me that I was like okay but why am I crying (laughs) um best big sister you could ever ask for best mama she was my Fort Mac mama um and I really just honestly I hope that you got as much value out of this conversation as I did this was our first time talking about a lot of this stuff um it was like we said kind of some touchative touchative new word it was touchy and sensitive material that I didn't quite know how to broach and yeah I don't know so hopefully um listening to us talk about it is either the push you need to get some help to reach out to somebody um or to start that conversation and learn how to better support someone that you love um you don't have to live in a house of cards we got you Love you very much, even if you don't know jack shit. See you next week. Bye.